Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we got a great lineup for you this morning here on Montana Talks. Uh, last minute edition, Montana Attorney General Austin Knutson is going to join us around uh, 9.20 this morning. Big story at Fox Business earlier this week about the action uh, he is calling for when it comes to Google. Uh, so you're going to want to hear that one. Uh, plus, I'd like to get his take on the, the dueling border visits you had uh uh, Joe Biden uh, at the southern border, finally. And you had uh, President Donald Trump at the southern border. Of course, he's uh, he's been all about securing our border and building that wall. Uh, I mean, it's it's been his hallmark efforts before he was president of the United States. But uh, uh, and then we're going to talk about the, uh, the the Missoula schools and the financial uh, you know trouble they're in right now. We got a great guest who's going to going to be first up on the phone lines coming up after the break. And then for the second half of the program, we'll just open up the phone lines to anything and everything you want to talk about. I'm going to use an Afghanistan uh, analogy to talk about the dueling border visits yesterday. Okay, so so when I was in Afghanistan, you know, we were way out in the middle of the mountains of eastern Afghanistan. Our, our combat outpost was literally called Combat Outpost Wilderness. And and then I did a, another trip uh, to, to Afghanistan, to Kandahar. And Kandahar was this massive base, massive compound, right? I mean, they had... And so anyway, they had everything there, right? I mean, restaurants, all sorts of cool stuff, right? And, and there were a lot of people doing incredible work on Kandahar, not undermining the work that was being done there. But so Joe Biden goes to the southern border, and he goes to the place where none of the action is. And, and Donald Trump goes right where the action is. And, and Joe Biden, they had, to, they had to wheel in a boat on a trailer to make it look like there was a border pr- patrol patrol boat patrolling the border there. No, they're not patrolling the border there. They, in fact, after Joe Biden was done um, holding on to the guy that he had to, had to have help him walk uh, along this trip, they wheeled the boat right back out of there because it wasn't patrolling the border. Meanwhile, Donald Trump, those weren't props behind him last night on Sean Hannity's interview. Those were actual Texas Guard troops, actual equipment that are trying to secure our southern border from this border invasion. And, and so to use the Afghanistan analogy, it's like Joe Biden's back at the, you know, he's back at the Ruby Tuesdays on the FOB. Uh, he's probably, what's that Canadian coffee place? I know we got some great listeners in Saskatchewan. Is it Tim Hortons? Tim Hortons? Is it Tim Hortons? And it was good coffee when I, when I was there. But he's back at the Hortons coffee place. He's back at Ruby Tuesdays. And, and Donald Trump is out on the front lines fighting to secure our southern border anyway that's how i see these dueling border visits but lawrence jones made a great point on fox and friends earlier this morning these border the border patrol union said joe biden don't you even use our name don't you dare invoke our name during your trip given all that he's done remember joe biden attacked the border patrol agents who were riding on horseback split reins they said they were whipping migrants Those agents' kids got made fun of in school because of the way they were falsely attacked by Joe and the media. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. 
Yeah, so I think this was earlier in the week. I got a great note from Mike Gale. Mike Gale is a uh, law enforcement veteran from Northwest Montana. He's uh, a former member of the school board uh, in Missoula with the Missoula Public Schools. And in fact, he was one of those freedom fighters standing up for kids and standing up for parents during all the COVID-19 craziness. Uh, but got a message from him earlier this week. He's like, hey, I want to call in one of these days. I've just been a little busy. Uh, and, and so I said, well, hey, call in Friday because I'm planning on having open phones Friday. But anyway, so uh, and, and now we got another guest that's going to be on after him. Uh, and then we'll get into open phones, of course. But, Mike, hey, thanks for being with us. So. I first saw this story about the Missoula Public Schools. I had a story on our Montana Talks website. I saw some uh, some of my conservative commentator friends on Twitter, and they summed it up this way. They said, oh, wow, now you have all of these these folks in Missoula protesting these proposed budget cuts. Apparently, a bunch of people might have to get fired. And And what they said was, Hey, Missoula, this is why you d- you shouldn't have used one-time COVID funds to prop up your long-term budget. Is is that basically what's happening in Missoula? That's that's exactly what's happened here. And you know, I was advocating. I was talking about this a couple of years ago, and it's just it's just really sad because without accountability on the the scoreboard members, I mean, they it's it's like kids in a candy store. You give them a, a twenty dollar bill, they're gonna they're going to find ways to spend even more than that uh, on a bunch of stuff they don't need. And that's that's exactly what happened in the last couple of years. Yeah, and, and so how bad is it, their, their budget situation right now? You know, I'm, I'm not really in tune with it. I've been off the board for almost a year. I remember reading in the paper there, I thought it was a $3 million is what they're trying to come up with is their shortfall right now, which that's that's quite a lot of fat to trim off. And they're, they're really tugging at the heartstrings of people in the, the community because they're saying, well, we're going to we're going to cut the arts programs and things like that. But it's you know, they, they really need to look at them themselves. You know, this high bureaucracy that they've created. They've got a, a whole slew of people that don't produce anything. They don't create anything. They just kind of feed this bureaucracy. Um, the other thing is, is enrollment is going down. Enrollment is going down in Missoula Public Schools for years. Really? And the, pub, the, the public is waking up to saying, hey, we don't want our kids indoctrinated with this stuff. We want we want to see traditional education taught in the schools. And that's not what's being happened. Um, so, they, you know, in, in a roundabout way, yeah, they do need to trim some teachers out of there as well. Because, you know, as enrollment goes down, they need less staff. Uh, but I, I think the bigger thing that needs to happen is the overbloated and uh, bureaucracy needs to be trimmed out in some of these other programs. Well, yeah, well, that's interesting because we, we've seen that. I mean, we've seen red states versus blue states. We've seen what Washington, Biden, Tester have been doing compared to Helena and what the go- Governor Gianforte and the legislature did. I mean, Governor Gianforte and the, and the legislature did the right thing. They said, OK, we have this amount of funds that are one time funds. So let's spend it on one-time projects, some construction projects, some infrastructure projects, a new investment here, a new investment there, some work that needs to be done in our prison, whatever, right? But but they didn't say, oh, let's go hire a bunch of people with one-time funds because because then you're going to have to figure out a way to pay for that two years, three years, five years down the road. And But meanwhile, in Washington – they want to keep the they want to to use one time funds to prop up long term budgets and same thing in the in the liberal run Missoula schools because they just figure, oh, we'll use this, inflate the budget and then we'll just go back to the taxpayers and raise their taxes again. 
Exactly. And they, they need to live within their means. The other side of it is, is they've got Missoula County Public Schools owns a lot of real estate. Some of it will never, can never be used for any kind of educational purposes. It's just, it's worthless to the school. It's been donated to the school by somebody that, you know, for, for tax reasons or just to help the school out. And it, it, there's, they're holding this properties that really have no value, uh, that can never be used as a school. They've got empty school buildings that could be sold and, and could help the infrastructure. And then they've got overflight. The, the bureaucratic salaries are astronomical. I, I was shocked when I started learning at how much some of these educators, and they're not even educators, they're bureaucrats. Uh, the current administrator of the public schools, his salary is almost twice what our governor's is. And that's, that's disgusting to me, that a civil servant in Missoula County is making almost twice as much as the governor of the state of Montana. Wow. I just, I can't, that, that's unfathomable to me. Yeah, it's kind of like, it reminds me of that Bozeman city manager guy that uh, is making, what, almost 300 grand and was talking about getting his FU money when he gets vested and uh, crazy stuff. I wonder how many school districts across Montana, how many of them budgeted wisely and used one-time funds on one-time things, and how many of them said, nope, 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 this is our chance to go for a power grab. Let's let's inflate, uh, let's let's hire a bunch of new positions for the long term, and then, and then when it comes time uh, to cut those jobs, we can tug at heartstrings and then demand a tax hike out of our taxpayers. And that's exactly how the liberal mind works. Let's just, let's, let's no forethought for tomorrow. Let's just spend for today. Yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, people in Missoula are, are some of, if not the most taxed people in the entire state. They've been taxed enough already uh, for city parks that they can't use because of the transients that have taken them over. Um, and so, and so, yeah, and, so, and now uh, bad budgeting by the, the liberals running the school put them in this position. I, it's crazy. It, it, it really is. And it's, you know, as a taxpayer, just seeing the waste of money, it's just, you know, it, it's heartbreaking because the, one problem I see is just there's just not accountability on the board's part, uh, and that's 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 the problem with it. If, if they were actually held accountable to how they spent the money, I think you'd see it be, being done a lot more wisely. That's right. Yeah, and well, that's that's the the damage of the one party rule in in Missoula right now. You know, is that one party rule at the city, at the county, and on the schools, and this is what you get. Hey, Mike Gale, great to hear from you. Glad you could free up some time to call in this morning. Uh, pleasure to chat with you once again. We should have Attorney General Austin Knutson right after this and then open phones in the second half. This is where Montana talks. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Well, I use this uh, Afghanistan analogy to talk about the dueling uh, visits to the southern border yesterday. Basically, you know, President Joe Biden was back on the fob at the at the Ruby Tuesdays, but Donald Trump was out on the fight on the front lines uh, trying to secure our borders, uh, something Joe Biden could do right now if he actually wanted to. Aaron Flint here with Montana Talks. We've got uh, uh, the the best attorney general in the country, uh, Austin Knutson, right now on the program with us. And, you know, we're, and we'll we still talk with him about this topic, but, you know, I, I, I wanted to sneak him on real quick because I, I know he's got another event to run to here in a second. But wanted to talk about this big story, Fox Business. Uh, Montana AG claims Google Gemini has political bias, may have violated the law in letter to CEO. I want to talk about that story, but but Austin, you're you're one of those guys who's been out on, leading from the front 
to secure our southern border. So I got to get your reaction to to the dueling visits to the border and more yesterday. Well, hey, Aaron, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was quite the Potemkin village we had down there, right? I mean, Joe Biden shows up down there. It's quiet on the border. Everything's clean. Don't know what the problem is here, folks. Look how wonderful this is. We had Alejandro Mayorkas talking about, you know, the great cooperation and how terrible the governor of Texas was. This is a complete farce, Aaron. You know it, I know it, everyone in the state knows that we're being overrun with cartel methamphetamine and fentanyl here in Montana. We see, we see illegal migrant violence all over this country. Texas is being absolutely overrun. The president has not been down to that border in his entire administration. He shows up down there and they put on a, an, an absolute act for him. Uh, this, this is disgraceful. I just, I, I, I can't. I, I'm disgusted. There, how's that? Well, it's, it's just such a slap in the face because, you know, we we all should be saying her name. We all should be talking about Lake and Riley. Joe Biden should have said her name yesterday, but he refused to. Donald Trump actually met with her parents, talked with her parents in the midst of their devastating loss. You know, the, the young Georgia college, college student murdered by the illegal aliens. But look, we're seeing illegal alien crimes here in Montana. We're seeing all of this here in Montana. You're, you, you've talked with the families that have lost loved ones from the Mexican drug cartel and the Chinese fentanyl. And and so, uh, yeah, it, it hits close to home here. In fact, earlier this week, I think it was, uh, you joined 21 other attorneys general uh, calling out the Biden administration, urging them to make sure that they're basically not helping and aiding and abetting the trafficking of migrant children. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this this is such a huge issue. We Human trafficking is some of the most vile, evil stuff I've ever seen in my, in my entire life, Aaron. And it's happening here in Montana. But we know that the Mexican drug cartels are heavily engaged in human trafficking. Uh, that That's not hyperbole. That's not my opinion. We know the cartels make somewhere between 100 and $150 million per week trafficking humans in and around the, 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 the southern border. Um, so I mean, that, there's a reason you had as many AGs step up uh, and 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 stand up against this. We we have to. This is this is impacting our states. It's impacting our nation, and and we have to protect these children. Yeah, well, I remember when when President Trump, you know, he, speaking of him making visits, you know, he visited the southern border yesterday. I remember when he was in Great Falls, Montana, and he was joking about Elizabeth Warren lying about being Native American, and he called on her to take a DNA test, and and she shot back at him and said, and she says, "Oh, it's outrageous that you're doing DNA testing on kids at the border." Well, the reason they were doing DNA testing on kids at the border was so that so that we knew that the adults that these kids were with were actually with family members and not being trafficked in by some sex trafficker or some drug trafficker. So that was designed to protect the kids. But the Biden administration did away with that. Uh, they deliberately did away with protections for kids uh, in this uh, crisis on our border. Absolutely horrifying. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're allowing children to just walk in with people who are claiming, oh, yeah, no, this, 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 this is my child. No way to prove it. No documentation. And we know that very likely a lot of these people were traffickers who are bringing children into the U.S. into the sex trade. 
and 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 we're just going to not vet those people. We're we're not going to check this out at all. I mean, it's 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 disgusting, Eric. It's absolutely vile. And they got tens of thousands of these kids that they don't even know where they're at or who they're with right now. Yeah, crazy. Well, uh, this Google Gemini story. Uh, well, yeah, I actually uh, talked about this last week. We had our friend David Noble in the house, you know, a good lawyer here, and and uh, he he likes to give us a woke update every now and then. So, so a lot of our listeners have already heard about Google Gemini, but for those who missed it, basically, like ChatGPT, Google has come up with their own artificial intelligence platform known as Gemini. And it didn't matter who you were looking for. If you were looking for the founding fathers, they would have shown you a black photo of George Washington. Uh, if you were looking for the Pope, well, they would have... They would have taken a white pope and made him black, right? And and there's been black popes, I believe, too. But 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 they would they would not show any of the white popes. And so, it's it's basically is a racist, politically biased platform. Why why is it so important that AGs like you stood up and sent a letter to their CEO? Well, we have things in Montana called the Unfair Trade Practices Act and the and, and the Consumer Protection Act. And I'm in charge of, of enforcing them as, as the state attorney general. And you've got other state attorneys general that wear similar hats. Look, Google is, is, is putting this product out and claiming that it is an open source for, for accurate information. And this is how they market it. Well, that puts you squarely under the Unfair Trade Practices Act in Montana. You're marketing something as one thing, and it turns out to be something completely different you're going to run afoul of the Unfair Trade Practices Act, and you're probably going to get a phone call from the Montana Office of Consumer Protection. That's that office's job. Um, so what you've got here, and, 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 and this is almost comical, right? So to answer your question, no, there's never been a black pope. That is, oh, the, the, the pope has always been a white male. Oh, is there, I thought, there was, I thought there was one black pope. Okay, yeah. No, nope, there's, there's never been a black pope. It's always been a white male. Now, that again, that's not a... What, Agree with that, disagree with that. That is a factual historical statement. fact. It's history. Yeah. We don't get, but when you get into Gemini, if you were to ask Gemini, "Hey Gemini, give me some information on Pope John Paul II," right? A very famous <laughs> pontiff, somebody very well respected. That stupid AI is probably going to give you a picture of an Asian woman as Pope John Paul, and that sounds ridiculous that I'm saying that. It it is. But that's literally what this AI was doing. They, they have programmed this thing to be so woke and to twist information and twist historical data to fit their narrative that it, it's just it, it's it's silly beyond word. But the problem in Montana is if this is a product that's getting put into our schools or into our libraries and you've got young people who are going to be using this for research applications, we need to make sure they're getting historically accurate data. Uh, this this AI it doesn't want to talk about the Israeli Hamas conflict. Oh yeah, it does not want to talk about anything anti-China. Try try going to this this Gemini AI and asking it about the the Tiananmen, the Tiananmen Square massacre that happened in China. It won't talk about it. Well, why is that? What kind of biases have been programmed into this thing by Google? Because Google is so worried about being woke 
that it won't provide accurate information. I mean, That's the problem. Elon Musk, I think, shared something on his platform X where they, where they asked this Google Gemini, uh, who is worse, uh, Elon Musk or Adolf Hitler? And, and Google Gemini says, well, I don't have enough information to really – something to that effect. It's like, oh, see, you don't even know that basic answer? I mean – Good night. Uh, on a on a lighter uh, note, um, you know our good buddy, former state senator John Brennan out of Scobie, of course. Uh, so uh, I, I joked when this Google Gemini controversy started. I said, yeah, I went to Google Gemini and I asked it to show me a picture of a a state senator from Scobie who's a really good singer. And, and instead it showed a, a photo of Randy Watson, you know, from Coming to America, the, the sexual chocolate guy. <laughs> so when I'm in Scobie, I might have to take advantage of Photoshop or something for the Lincoln-Reagan dinner up there and have a little fun with that. There, there's a lot of fun to be had there at Senator <laughs> Brendan's expense. Uh, <laughs> hello, John, if you're listening. We, we love you, but, boy, that, that, that's a funny one. Oh, he's great. That was great. Scobie. Oh, man. But, but on a serious note, uh, you know, Google, they were interfering in the 2020 elections by suppressing um, the GOP's ability to send out communi- campaign communications. They didn't do that to the Democrats. Um, I know that they suppressed conservative content from content providers on the conservative side of the House. And in a world where where revenue is tied to clicks on websites, they are they are suppressing uh, speech in, in elections uh, and suppressing a certain kind of speech. How is this not election interference? Well, they, they absolutely are. We, we know that Google engages in these activities. It's very well documented. And again, that puts them squarely with, with, within my purview as the Attorney General under the Unfair Trade Practices Act, under the Consumer Protection Act, possibly even under the Montana Human Rights Act. Uh, there, there's a lot of concerns here with, with this company, and they, they are so... They, they are so beholden to that left woke ideology that, uh, that you're right. They're, they're suppressing conservative content, uh, and, and, and this is why you've got attorney generals like me who are, who are looking at them very closely saying, hey, we want some information right now. Cough, cough it up. Who are you talking to? What are you getting from the Biden administration? Who's programming, who's programming your algorithms? Uh, I don't know. We're, we're, we're going to see where this goes, Aaron. All right. Uh, Attorney General Austin Knudsen, I know you got a great event you got to run off to. We appreciate you joining us. Kind of last-minute request for a, a quick amount of time here. Great to catch up with you, as always. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm off to give a commencement to a bunch of Highway Patrol troopers who are graduating the academy. Wow, that's incredible. People still stepping up to serve. Give them our, our thanks and our, our best. That's incredible. Will do. Thanks, buddy. All right. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, 406-294-0970, the number for you. If you've got something you want to talk about or if there's something, you know, I said or somebody else said that you want to, you know, weigh in on, give us a ring right now, 406-294-0970. Or you can message us. You can send us a message on our Montana Talks app, and uh, and uh, we'll, we'll try to read your messages through the app as well. This is where Montana Talks app with Lane Nordland. This week, Loma, Montana farmer and immediate past president of the Montana Grain Growers Association, Nathan Kane, was elected to serve as secretary to the National Association of Wheat Growers. We caught up with Nathan and he shared more on why he wants to continue leadership within the wheat industry. I have some experience now. I do love advocating for the wheat industry, for agriculture as a whole. And here's an opportunity to be able to um, continue with that and and so I just felt you know after talking to my wife my kids uh, because it does involve some travel away from them 
um, I did get, gain a support there, and, and so I did. Kane bonds with his father-in-law on a fourth-generation homestead there near Loma. In fire news, Texas Ag Commissioner Sid Miller announced his agency committed to providing support to the state's producers as they deal with the aftermath of devastating wildfires in the Texas Panhandle. The Smokehouse Creek Fire has burned almost 1,700 square miles of land, making it the largest on record in Texas going back to 1988. Tens of thousands of cattle have either died or been displaced due to the wildfire. Disaster relief funds are being raised to the Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association to contribute to these fellow ranchers. You can visit tscra.org. I'm Lane Nordblond. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, I'm glad Georgia called back in. Uh, Earlier, we were talking with Mike Gale, a former uh, school board member out of Missoula, and he was talking about how, you know, hey, hey, here they go. They used the one-time COVID money to prop up their long-term budget. Now they're threatening to fire all these people and lay all these people off and cut all these programs, and people are protesting. And it's like, well, that's why you don't spend one-time funds to prop up your long-term budget. But that's what Washington, D.C. is doing right now. Same deal, same deal, right? Uh, anyway, I uh, got some uh, messages that came in on that front that I want to share as well. But uh, but let's go first to Georgia in Billings. Georgia, thanks for the call. Yes. Yeah, what's going on? First of all, I would like Governor Gianforti to know that I was upset with his newscast of getting the committee together to figure out where we can get more funding. I am a long-term, grew up Montana. I'm a property owner. Property taxes just keep going up and up and up. The one thing June 14 said, well, don't even bring up uh, sales tax. Sales tax, yeah. Sales he, tax. he said sales tax is off the table. So you didn't like that, huh? I did not like that. First of all, if we took 4% for sales tax, we could eliminate our property tax. If we only did 1% and kept a lower property tax, we would be able to make it. I do not agree that that, you know, this is should be on the back of, of property owners. If you drive down any street in Montana or on the freeway, you are going to find at least 40 to 50% of the vehicles that drive by are not Montana vehicles. People are not going to stop coming to Montana, and we are not really agriculture state anymore. We are a tourist. So I think that we should consider sales tax, and to tell you the truth, if that doesn't happen, I would like to get a petition for billing to have a resort tax to take a little of that off of the billing's residence and where I live. 
Yeah, you know, well, I think, yeah, great to hear from you, Georgia. Yeah, that that was, uh, when was that, Travis? Was that last week? I know our, our producer, Travis Lee, did a, a good write-up on our Montana Talks website. Uh, so, so Governor Gianforte put together this property uh, tax task force, which I think putting that task force is a good idea because this is, George is, George is right. Like we continue to see our property taxes go up. We have a fundamentally flawed property tax collection system. I, I've been saying this for years. I, heck, I've been saying this for over a decade. Um, I, I remember even in the early 2000s, in the late 90s, it's like people were getting taxed out of their homes. You know, if you lived in the Flathead Valley, like my grandparents, uh, you know, uh, lived uh, between Summers and Lakeside in, in a neighborhood there. And and it's like, wow, even if we were able to keep the place in the family, I wonder if, if anybody would have been able to afford the, the ever-increasing property taxes because eventually you're going to get property taxed out of your home. It's been happening for decades. It's because we have a property tax system that is based off of property value instead of what you actually paid for the property when you bought it there. And and so that's the big problem. Um, so, but I think they've got to come up with a comprehensive reform plan. I'm, I'm glad the governor and the legislature issued property tax rebates for a lot of people. They got more money back through the rebates uh, than they than they had an increase in their taxes. So those rebates were huge. The the, the income tax rebates were huge, right? Um, but we we need to have a comprehensive reform. But but yeah, I think I, I've heard frustrations from folks like you that that uh, that they wanted to see uh, the you know the sales tax as a part of that conversation. But I think the governor was just acknowledging reality there, and the reality is is that Montanans have consistently and overwhelmingly rejected the idea of a sales tax. So why even waste your time talking about it if it's going to be rejected once again? I think he's he's trying to look for proposals that are actually going to get. Uh, the support of Montanans and the legislature, et cetera. Georgia, thanks for the call. Good to hear from you. Uh, regarding that Missoula schools conversation from earlier, uh, Kevin in Belgrade sent me an email. Hey, you were speaking with a guy from Missoula about the Missoula public schools, how the budget has been inflated, and now they're asking the citizens of Missoula for more money. I don't know if the superintendent of public schools in Missoula is to blame but he came from Bozeman two or three years ago, and Missoula paid him big money to do so. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't. I guess I didn't know that that uh, that Bozeman Missoula connection there. Uh, Sally and Sunburst. For a myriad of reasons, I believe Bozeman schools too are or were experiencing recent financial woes. They're considering substantial teacher layoffs in spite of recent construction of a new high school. The Bozeman Hospital birth rate has been flat for the past five years. That's what uh, Sally and Sunburst had to say. Sally, thanks for that message. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how many schools used the one-time COVID funds to prop up their long-term budgets, and now they're in financial trouble, or now they're going to try to demand you give them more money. We do not have a revenue problem in Montana. Revenues are doing quite well. We have uh, we have a local spending problem in, in many of these circumstances because you know they're bringing in more money. If your property taxes went up, they're getting more of your money. So what are they doing with all of that money? We know a lot of people have moved in here. So what are they doing with their money that they're now getting? You know, uh, Kestrel in Billings. Aaron, please stop letting people call the people crossing the non-existent border illegal migrants. 
Tess wrong with you. I, I, I can't stand that term migrant. Or uh, now the White House is calling them, uh, what, what's the term they were using? They're, oh, newcomers. They're calling them newcomers. Yeah, so illegal alien, rapists, and murderers are now being referred to as newcomers at the White House. Uh, it, oh, if you don't believe me, I know there's one guy out there who's going to be like, oh, that's not true, Aaron. Oh, oh, it's not? Okay. Uh, Kevin Cork, uh, you do a fine job reporting from the White House. Would you please explain it for us? Critics again slamming the president's border policies. That is not new. But what really got them hotter than Texas chili was the administration's decision to refer to illegal aliens as simply newcomers. A critique most succinctly summed up in a post on X by Georgia Congressman Mike Collins, who adroitly tweeted, quote, the newcomers. That, of course, while showing the faces of several illegal aliens who have broken U.S. laws once they've gotten here, and in many cases, violently so. Yeah, it could be like uh, the newcomers. It's like some new horror series on Netflix or something. You know, all the illegal aliens and all the horrific crimes they're committing all across this country. Oh, but back to Kestrel and Billings. Kestrel says this. They're not migrants. They are illegal invaders. Nothing more, nothing less. Uh, please stop thinking that the Democrats are just like you, but with bad ideas. They are totalitarians and do not care what the American people think. They have an agenda, and we keep pretending they are like us. Uh, so, Kestrel, thanks for that message. Let's go next on the phone lines. George in Billings. Uh, George, what's on your mind? Hey, good morning, Aaron. Uh, you know, that lady just called in and said that she wanted a sales tax, and if they just reduced property taxes to 1%, that'd be fine with her. The only way I can support a sales tax is if they either eliminated totally the income tax or the property taxes. Uh, the reason for that is if you just reduce another tax and implement a sales tax, the next administration comes in and is just going to raise the tax level on whatever they reduced. So you wind up with three taxes rather than two. Well, yeah, I mean, that's like, you know, the, the liberal billings chamber, they've always pushed this uh, local sales tax idea, uh, and thankfully they keep getting rejected. But it's like, it's like okay, yeah, people will stop shopping in, in billings, and they'll start building retail outlets more in Laurel, more in Lockwood, more outside of billings, and then you will just lose that revenue altogether because you got a little too greedy. But, but I, I think most people share your skepticism, which is – if they added a tax over here, do you really think they're ever going to do away with another tax over there? No, they won't. No, they won't. Uh, they, they, you gave them another cookie jar. They're going to just keep – they'll, they'll have their hands in both cookie jars. And all the cookie jars will keep filling up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, George, thanks for the call. Good to hear from you. Anything else? we got about 30 seconds before the break, before I get to Beth and Whitefish. Anything else you wanted to share? Uh, no, you know, I do have one. You know, Trump's new sneakers, you know. I thought it'd make a, a great uh, a great meme to put Trump's sneakers with the Never Give Up slogan and then put Joe Biden's bedroom slippers with I'm tired, I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jimmy Fela, you know, these are these golden uh, Trump sneakers. Uh, Jimmy Fela, the, the stand-up comedian on Fox News, he's going to be in Helena later this month, by the way. He called them Hair Jordans, uh, the Trump sneakers. Hair Jordans. I thought that was hilarious.
Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, Beth and Whitefish, actually stand by for just a second. I During the break, I realized that, that Greg and Missoula had called in first and had been waiting a little bit longer, so I, I better go to Greg and Missoula first, and then, Beth, I'll get to you right after that. Uh, Greg, what's going on? Thanks for the call. Good morning, Aaron. Morning. I was just, I was just thinking as far as the, the immigration problem and the, the human trafficking that will turn into sex slaves. And and then also when you consider uh, many of the individuals coming over do not have educations, so they are going to be placed into menial labor, which saves uh, from paying the, 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 uh, the uh, present uh, wages, I mean. And and so when you consider uh, how how they really don't care, don't ask any questions, they just walk into the the country. And what happens when they get here? So somebody is, is going to take advantage of these people. And with the Democrats and their history, as far as uh, Biden and Bird is concerned, I think it probably follow it follow, follows into uh, Biden's. Um, personality and thinking interesting well no I, I think you're right like that that goes back to the the missing children story that we talked about with attorney general austin knutson attorney general austin knutson uh demanding answers from the biden administration when it comes to the trafficking of children coming across our southern border they, they don't know where thousands of tens of thousands of these kids are at. They stopped doing DNA testing. DNA testing was being done so that we knew that these kids were actually with their parents and not with somebody else. And so you're right. Human trafficking and sex trafficking is modern day slavery. And they are facilitating this modern day slavery with this wide open invasion on our southern border right now. And so, no, wait, yeah, great, great point. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, throw the headset on. Hey, we just had a, uh, a great guest pop into the studios here about a half an hour ago while I was while I was on the phones with uh, Attorney General Austin Knutson, our uh, 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 Paul Mushaven, one of the breakfast flakes on the country station down the hall from us. Happy birthday, by the way, Mark and Paul. Thirty six years on the radio today, so uh, you know they get cake and everything those guys get everything i gotta give them a hard time but anyway paul came in and said hey and i thought man i thought he had some big breaking news he says hey we got some great some great ladies here from billings clinic uh with some important stuff they want to get the word out on and uh danielle from billings clinic is now with us danielle thanks for uh, popping in yeah thank you so much for having me i appreciate it I, I didn't get time to really ask paul what what you guys are up to but tell us what you're up to i'll tell you at the same time as i tell everyone else there it's you perfect. go yeah, so we are running a Make March Matter campaign to benefit the Piggy Bank Fund at Billings Clinic Foundation. So the Piggy Bank Fund has been around since 2017. We just haven't done a big campaign around it since then. Um, although it's our heavily used fund at the foundation, I think since it started, we've given over 120000 
to families in need. Um, so this fund helps families with pediatric patients pay for things like utility bills, um, travel assistance like hotel stays, gas gift cards, flights, anything that they can um, do to get that extra care that they need for their kiddo. Oh, that's cool. And I mean, you guys, we got, you know, listeners all across Montana right now, but you guys, I mean, you have locations and clinics all across Montana, You, right. but of course you get patients from all across the region and yeah. you think about extra travel costs and you know, you're taking time away from work and, you know, meal, all those little things that you don't think about. Well, meantime, your kid's going through something really tough. Absolutely. And a lot of the times kids have so many pediatric specialty doctors that they need to see. And so having all those specialty docs under one roof allows families to have all of those, all of those appointments at one time in one day. So it makes it easier for families to come here just for one day, see all the docs they need to and get what they need. So. Yeah, very, that's incredible. Well, I, I promised Beth and Whitefish I would get her, to her phone call before we run out of time. Yeah. How can people support your piggy bank? Yes, I would go to billingsclinic.com slash piggy bank. We are offering a raffle to a Mexico trip, seven night stay at a resort down there for every $50 donation given online. Boy, doesn't that sound good about right now. <laughs> all right, Danielle, thanks for dropping <laughs> Thank in. Good so to see much. you. All right, back into the phone lines we go. Beth in Whitefish listening to KJJR, uh, you wanted to weigh in on the sales tax debate. Yeah, good morning. I wanted to support the woman advocating for a sales tax. I remember um, several years ago when Representative Carrie White from Bozeman was putting that proposal forward to our state legislature. It went nowhere under Bullock, but he had a plan to replace property tax, replace it with a 2.2 sales tax. And I think it's a matter of educating people. First of all, I'd rather pay taxes on money I spend than money I save on principle. And secondly, we do have a large number of people in this state that don't live here. And why not shift some of our revenue burden to them? I don't understand it. What's happening now is we're getting these little piecemeal taxes in every community around the state because we don't have a common goal on that. But I think we could eliminate property tax, and we do have in our constitutional limit on how how high that uh, sales tax can go, I think at 4% without a constitutional amendment. So there are protections in place, and I think we could eliminate the sales tax or the uh, state income tax or eliminate the property tax or the state income tax with a sales tax, and we ought to talk about it. All right. Well, Beth, thanks for the call. Yeah. I, I also think big I think big picture – Again, we don't have a revenue problem right now. We're still seeing surpluses, right? I mean, you never know what can change, especially with the Biden inflation and the national economic headwinds. But we have continued to see budget surpluses uh, in Montana in particular. So we should just be lowering taxes, period, again and again and again and again. It continues to deliver more revenue because it continues to, to deliver for the economy.